Welcome to the Dad Bod Pod. For the fifth episode in a row, we have our special guest, Seth. No, just kidding. That is not what we have today. We have a special guest, the Kraken of the League, Trey Coe. Trey, welcome to the pod. Jamie, I'm so glad to be with you today. It is incredible to hear your voice. Uh, we have had a few in-person interactions, uh, socially distanced in this weird time, um, but so good to catch up. Likewise. Uh, I believe the last time I saw you was at Matthew McNichols' surprise birthday party. It was. Yeah, we had a, a nice little bonfire and um, yeah, a couple close friends. It was, it was a good time. I asked you. I asked you if you wanted to trade for Michael Gallup, and I, I had to turn that one down. As much as I <laughs> love the boys, and as optimistic as I was coming into the year, the situation has changed. Indeed. Although he got a, <clears throat> there was one glimmer of hope in there. He got like 15 targets from what's what's your backup quarterback's name? Narducci. Yeah, which one? Uh, ben Denucci. Ben Denucci. There you go. Who. Had I just taken a short road trip last year, 60 minutes over to Harrisonburg, I could have watched future Cowboys starting quarterback Ben DiNucci last year. Wow. Slinging the rock at James Madison. What what a missed opportunity. But yeah, he's been in there. Andy Dalton's been in there. Garrett Gilbert's been in there. Mm. I miss Dak. I hear you. I hear you. Um, but yeah, as the Kraken in the league, and you actually introduced that that nickname, that moniker, that persona that you play. How how would you describe yourself as a Kraken? Well, I think I <clears throat> I was trying to think of the right metaphor for my league participate participation right now, and um. I, I was not a big Pirates of the Caribbean fan, but my understanding or my recollection is that you can summon the Kraken from the depths of the ocean, uh, whoever has that power, and he emerges and destroys things, causes chaos, et cetera, et cetera. And I feel like that's been a little bit uh, of my participation in the league um, over this past year and that I've been very absent from the group me. I have it muted. But if anyone, you know, um, if anyone needs to reach me, they know how to find me. And I pop up and emerge and hopefully pro- provide entertaining content uh, to the other 12 members of the group. And summoned you were, and you did indeed appear. So I'm, I'm anticipating nothing but outstanding content for... The next three hours here. Excellent. Strap it. Strap in. But yeah, thanks for coming on the pod. Um, I think the first question that everybody in the league would have is just, how are you doing? Um, you know, these are weird times for all of us right now. And what is, what would you say like your your routine has looked like in, in this period of time and just generally how has that gone for you? Yeah, no, thanks for asking about that. Um, so I think, uh, being a small business owner certainly impacts, uh, what life looks like. And so since COVID kind of got rolling in March, Um, it's funny that you use the word routine because I think that, uh, it's been very difficult to settle into a routine. Um, I feel like to some degree, um, I'm standing on the beach and a wave comes and crashes and you kind of like handle that wave. Um, but then shortly down the road, two or three weeks later, um, there is another wave coming. And so, um, thankfully there has been a nice little gap, uh, between waves recently, but, uh, for a while there, um, it's just, yeah, it's crazy having 
um, trying to care for staff who are struggling with anxiety, uh, dealing with unexpected staff turnover, uh, lost uh, a manager who uh, moved unexpectedly, um, revenues being down, trying to figure out how to cut costs. Um, I'm sure that uh, other small business guys like um, Sean and Clooney the Scourge uh, can <clears throat> uh, add to that. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's been it's been hard, but I'm also really proud of the ways that we as a business. And then I think, yeah, I, I think I will ultimately look back at this time for myself and say that like this was hard and I didn't do everything well, but um, have continued to kind of um, roll with the punches. And and so I think for us, stuff starts with work, and that certainly translates uh, at home. I think probably the the down period was um, when, so my manager left on August 3rd. We brought Bear home on August 2nd, and um, I had to work 35 straight days in a row. And my sweet wife tried to do her job from home while also managing an eight-week-old puppy uh, who had just wow. been uh, separated from his family for the first time. So needless to say, uh, that was certainly challenging. And my wife was the MVP of the family during that time. But that was a, a really tough stretch. And thankfully, was able to soon thereafter get some uh, people hired and my schedule got better and bear got more used to his life with us. And so stuff certainly got better, but, um, we got to, I guess, what was the most recent, was it Memorial day? Yeah. We got to sneak away from Memorial day and treat ourselves after a, a long run. Um, and that was a good thing. That's awesome. I think my immediate follow-up question to that is just knowing everything that that was going on within that time. What was the main motivating factor to decide puppy? <laughs> so, um, you know, shit didn't hit the fan until we had already pulled the trigger on the puppy. And gotcha. so you actually, um, we got the puppy from some great breeders in town and they, you know, you kind of say, hey, we want to get one of these puppies even before they're born. And so we had had, I mean, we had all sorts of plans. We had vacations planned. We had picking up the puppy planned. We had my uh, father and mother-in-law's 50th anniversary. And then, like, all this stuff started to come. Um, and we just had to um, roll with it. Again, my wife, the MVP. Man, well, glad to hear you guys are are rolling with it. Um, definitely rooting for both of you. Thank you. And would would you guys still classify yourselves as newlyweds? That's a great question. Um, I kind of want to say like we're like sophomores, you know? Like yeah, we're uh, two and a half years into. Uh, our really fun ride and, um, we're having a, we're having a great time. Okay. So I won't, I won't hit you with the, the newlywed label, but how has this insane period of life so soon into marriage, how do you think that has kind of impacted, um, you know, the beginning of your guys' journey here? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. I think uh, it's certainly, you know, being just the two of us at this point, you, we have a decent amount of freedom, although we're both working kind of 50 plus hours a week. Chrissy teaches at uh, Mary Baldwin University in addition to working at UVA. And, um, and then my job usually is about 50 hours a week. And so, um, um, I, we've had a, a decent amount of freedom, but 
I think when you introduce COVID, you introduce a puppy and restrictions. Um, yeah, you have to begin to uh, really lean on each other. And so um, I think both of us, you know, I had to really lean on Chrissy to um, hold things down at home when I was working these insane 12 and 13 hour days. And then the vice versa when she's got to teach on Tuesday evenings. Um, you know, I need to do what I can to make sure the dog is taken care of, make sure we've got dinner. Um, so, yeah, we've been watching The Wire. Uh, we Ooh. are in season five of The Wire, which is awesome. I've already seen it, but Chrissy is not. Um, so, uh, that certainly some, uh, finding a good TV show has been a good thing for us. Um, we've been getting outdoors, which is good. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd say that's, that's kind of how, how it's been for us. Awesome. All right. Two more personal questions. Yeah. Um, Cause I know, I know these are things that are going on questions that people always have how's the dad bod going and mm. i've seen you so i can say it definitively you look good i'm Thanks, bro. I can put it out there you look good and also there's been some rumors of a peloton purchase so <laughs> i will i will throw this to you but i think people want to hear about a the dad bod and b the peloton mm. uh the dad bod is kind of like the puppy bod in the sense of and one of the things to help the dog kind of chill out is to make sure he gets a good walk or a run. And so I've been staying active by probably running at least a mile, usually uh, every day, sometimes more. Um, and then, yeah, the, the compromise, my sweet wife did not, she wasn't like thrilled about a dog. Uh, and I really wanted one. And so, um, it was a little bit of this like compromise where if she signed off on the puppy, I would sign off on the Peloton because um, my wife really enjoys her workouts and was really excited about uh, the particular options that Peloton offered, especially in this season. And so, yeah, within about two weeks of each other, the Peloton and the puppy uh, came to our house. Uh, I've done the Peloton uh, once and I did enjoy it. Um, and, uh, you know, I might start an account where I post all my, uh, you know, uh, stats and whatnot. If you guys are interested in that, just hit me up at me, uh, call the Kraken and, uh, I will certainly provide those for the group. Um, but yeah, the Peloton is actually really sweet. Uh, and Chrissy is loving it. And, um, yeah, I'd say overall, I don't think I've been eating that healthy. Um, that's certainly a challenge. But uh, I, we're big Blue Apron fans. That's how we try to eat healthy slash uh, accomplish some uh, meal stuff. It comes out to about 10 bucks a head. Um, and I would highly recommend that if you are trying to figure out how to do meals during the week and also be relatively healthy. So, um yeah, we've been doing that. So I'd say, I'd say overall, I'm, um, yeah, you know, I'm just, I'm really encouraged by your, by your encouragement, Jamie. Awesome. Yeah, I think we have to get our audience up to like ten thousand before Blue Apron will officially come on, come on board for true sponsorship true. segments. Um, but we can give them a free one, I guess. That's for you, Blue Apron. And Peloton. And Peloton. Yeah. Two yeah, that's right. And then last personal question for you. Yeah. Um, you know, I hear from my co-host sometimes that it sounds like golf has been a pretty, pretty intense thing recently and maybe even some wagers on the line. That's true. So, uh, wanted to get your take because everything I hear is one-sided. So um, yeah. since he's not on the pod to, mm. to frame this, you know, I'm I'm gonna let you. What is what is golfing with Matt McNichol like, and what's going on there? I think those of us in the league would not be surprised what the experience of golfing with Matt is like. Um, 
just, you know, Matt is a competitive guy and he wants to win. I know I want to win. I'm a competitive guy. And um, there is a laser-like focus, maybe similar to the focus you experience when you wake up to a trade offer at, you know, 9 a.m. on a Saturday morning. Uh, you've got an offer from Matt McNichol. Um, so I think the same thing is on the golf course. He's got a ferocious swing. Um, there are parts of his swing that I want to mimic. Um, and he, he can get a little testy, uh, from time to time, but overall, uh, every time I play with Matt, I really enjoy it. Uh, it's a great way to hang out. Uh, and it's a great way to work on your dad bod. Yeah. I know he's really been enjoying it. It sounds like fun. It's awesome that you guys get to do that. And no one is good. I mean, Matt's kind of good. Um, but anyone is welcome to come and play with us. It's good to know. Yeah. People in the league and maybe some of our unidentified listeners will will take you up on that. That's right. Again, just call the Kraken. Sweet. Um, so kind of shifting into league participation, you've kind of hinted at the fact that you are not the most, I don't want, even want to say engaged, but just present in, yeah, that's right. in all forms of, of the league, but notably the group me, you are one of the muters. That's right. And, you know, you kind of come when summoned but I'm sure there's a lot of things that you've missed in there. And most people would tell you that it's mostly me, Seth, and Zach just talking nonsense. Caleb not, from time really, to time. Yeah, I mean, Caleb jumps in there, Matt jumps in there, Sean, Travis, Robert, Drew. Um, you know, that's that's kind of all I'm willing to give credit to. But there are a couple of other things in there and, you know, some some bigger moments where legitimate drama or intrigue yeah. and excitement is happening. Uh, you know, these building blocks of league culture. So wanted to have a quick segment here. It's called Don't At Me, Bro. And this is <laughs> these are some messages where you, Treyko, were not added, and I'm going to throw some some situations out there, and you have to guess whether or not these are true or false events that occurred in the group me. All right, let's roll. Here we go. First one is after a trade in which Drew traded Keenan Allen Kareem Hunt and Emmanuel Sanders to Zach for Tyler Lockett. This trade was vetoed. Was it not vetoed? Hard to say. Very unclear what exactly happened there. But there were a lot of messages in the group me, one of which said, that Drew is on a Homeric journey to the deepest abyssal of dead-brained flatlining. Is that true or false? That's true. And if I would had to press and double down, I'd say that was from Seth. Wow. Okay. There there were definitely some comments thrown at Drew. This this was not one, but ah. I would say the sentiment was there. So you're not you're not way off. All right, over one. Over one. Second one. Stephen Luck got ten likes for a group me message that only said hi. That's true. I think that's also true. I didn't actually go back and verify this, <laughs> but this is true in my mind. So it's it's true. Therefore, it's true. One. Isn't yeah. that how all truth works? It is. I'm mm. not the definitive source on truth and memory, but as someone who has a podcast, I'm, I'm saying that's how truth works. Yeah. All right. Number three. 
Sean Greer went through Love and him. gave every member in the league a wrestling persona and talked about which wrestling character they would be if they were in WWE. I think that's false, but I have a memory of being summoned and I believe I was talking about my favorite theme music and uh, I sent a video of the rocks theme music Um, and I had spent like 15 minutes. Apparently his theme music has evolved over the years, like 20 different times while he was still a wrestler. And um, I just had these great memories of listening to the rock theme um, over and over again. So I would say false, but almost, almost true. No, this one is a hundred percent true. And I, I did have a vague recollection that he might've, tagged you so i didn't know if that would ruin the segment it's fine i still went for it mm. but this i think is one of the most noteworthy i feel like i would remember that who who did he I mean, say that i was i do know that he didn't say you were randy randy uh macho man savage ah because that's who i associate you with uh, totally going back to cream of the crop oh yeah Oh, yeah. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something right here. If Sean Greer wants to compare someone to wrestlers, then there's only one person he's got to compare the macho man to, and that's me, Draco. Agreed. 100% agreed. (laughs) And I was a little surprised, a little disappointed. That he, uh, he didn't take the easy comparison there, but we'll have to mm. get him on to, to talk about who he compared you to. And I remember I was Rey Mysterio, which I thought was mm, nice. pretty pretty apt. I thought yeah. I thought he nailed the the comparison for me. Which wrestler right, would I, you not want to be? Ooh, so I'm not. I'm not very into wrestling, and I don't know a ton of the characters. <laughs> Mostly what I Great know content. Rey Mysterio is, you know, diminutive in nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this masked entertainer, I think you would use the word surprising. Um, mm. Before, a lot of the adjectives you would use to describe him, and I think that's me to a T. So... So I enjoyed that aspect of it. But yeah, I mean, it's there's only a handful of guys that I could even name. So I don't know if there's anybody that I have enough knowledge of to say I don't want to be that person. No worries. We'll keep it moving. All right. Next segment idea. Um you mentioned that you might not know everybody's team name. So That's true. on a given week, you might not even be entirely sure who you're playing. That's how, very true. how accurate is that statement? Tell me more about that. I looked at the league names today, and there's certainly a couple. There's some that I can piece together for sure. Like I played the Sweden football team, barely lost this past weekend, and I'm fairly confident that's Caleb. Um, and there's other folks that have not, you know, switched up the team names, but there's a couple of other ones in there. Um, Fernet about it, imposter syndrome. Um, like if I looked at the rosters, I might be able to like know who it was. Um, right, piece it together. You know, I, I, yeah, but it's still they all kind of blend together, and unless you're like an original namer or really obvious. Um, yeah, I, I can't say I like know with 100% certainty. Okay. That's, that's wild. We originally threw, threw back and forth the idea of making, making you guess names. Um, yeah, probably not that so at this point. I'm, I'm going to do this. Do you know who CD's nuts is? Ooh. I don't. That is Robert Cunningham. 
as named by Drew. <laughs> that that was a renamed situation. Nice work, has, Drew. He is CD Lamb. I wanted to rename Robert and give him that juvenile name. Unfortunately, I missed it. Mm-hmm. It was it was like two points. I was off. It was so close. Mm. But Drew got the honor and and gave him that one. Um, you said you don't know Fernet about it, but who would you I, guess? If I had to guess, um, and I'll give you a hint here. On draft night, there was an auto draft incident where somebody ended up with Leonard Fernet. If you remember, see when I think when I think auto draft, I think about Clooney the Scourge. And so, but he's still Clooney the Scourge, I believe. And so, by process of elimination, I would have to guess that, forget about it, I would guess that that's Zach. That is Zach. Nice, nice. Of of auto-draft fame. And then last one here, unexcused absence. That's Drew. That's Drew. Okay. You got Drew. Nice. So, boom. There's two segments. We're two segments in. That does hit another question I think people have. There were two members of the league who did not sign into the Zoom on the night of the draft. That would be you. And Sumner. Oh, that but that's we all know that that's not true. There was because, a because I I did sign in. I did sign in. Didn't say a word. May have flashed a nip. So if if there's a story behind this or you know <clears throat> anything that you want to contribute to the mythology of that night. Yeah, I for sure. So it was just uh you know, that was a double draft night for me. Um, I was in the other league that should, shall not be named, um, which you were in as well uh, with a couple other folks. And, man, our, our draft started late. And so um, I drafted not in the Zoom meeting, uh, which is looking for some peace and quiet. But I thought, you know, hey, this league is about connection. It's about fellowship. And uh, what better way to encourage that than to just pop on uh, the Zoom call and show off my dad bod. And so mm-hmm. um, there I was right about to go to bed, had it on mute, but just let that camera roll for a second. You know, let you guys into the inner sanctum. And, uh, yeah, just wanted to be vulnerable to the group. That all adds up with with the experience. So, it's, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's good to end the speculation and get the real story. So, thanks for sharing that. Totally. And then that kind of connects to another thing that you mentioned that you wanted to bring up is talking about advocating for an auction draft next year. So I'm curious to get your thoughts on changing the draft format. Totally. So I think there have been questions, you know, I guess it was maybe two years ago where the night of the draft, someone was like, hey, should we change the format? Which is totally uh, um, unreasonable, um, and I, if I recall, there may have been some uh, discussions during that particular discussion about auction feeling intimidating to people, and mm-hmm. I think um, I would just make the case, and I'd love to hear your thoughts about it. Um, I think people who have done auction drafts, like you and me and Sean would be happy to provide like a tutorial. Um, I think we would be happy to talk about like, you know, um, 
uh, tips and tricks for like what happens in an auction draft when Christian McCaffrey goes for $83. Um, and like, what's the therefore after that? Um, and helping guys think about that. Cause, cause I think we certainly want this to be accessible, um, to guys, uh, and want them to enjoy it and not feel like, like, I don't, I don't think you have to go and do a ton more research. I think it's just, instead of looking at an ADP, you're looking at what's the average price. And then from there, um, you can kind of follow your list. I think I like it for our league because, uh, and I associate Zach, uh, with this. I feel like Zach and I have been picking like eight, nine, nine, 10, nine, 12 for like three years in a row. And, um, and so we will never have a shot at our favorite players. Um, I feel like maybe, was it last year, you did not have a shot at Zeke and you were really hoping that you would. Um, and so I love the idea of adding some spice to the league, uh, to league culture. And um, yeah, I, I, think it's, I think we could do a tutorial. And what I like about it is not only does it add spice, but then we each truly get a chance uh, at the players that we want. Um, if we're, yeah, willing to pray, willing to pay the price for them. Um, so I, I don't see a lot of downside. Yeah. Um, what do you think about that? I, I enjoy the auction format for the same reasons that you mentioned there is if you want a guy badly enough, you can get him. So totally. it just gives you more control. Over I mean, you and I have been in some battles. Let me tell you. For sure. Um, and I, I do like that aspect. I think it's really fun of feeling like you're, you're in on every player, even if Mm -hmm. like, let's say you get a couple guys early and you don't have a lot of money, like you're not really going to be bidding on every player, but you're still engaged every moment of the draft. Totally. Because you never know when the rest of the league is going to let a guy fall through the cracks. Um, you might get a deal on someone. Totally. So regardless of kind of your strategy going in, like you're, you're in on every player, which is yeah. fun. And you have access to every player depending on how badly you want them. I do, I do think there's a little more strategy involved. And I think my priority for the league is just, you know, keeping the same 12 guys for as long as we can. Um, just cause I, I really appreciate every guy in this league and kind of the, um, the ability to keep this going for, for as long as people want to, I, I think is a really fun thing. And if keeping it at kind of that entry level accessibility is the best way to do that, then, then I'm good with that as well. So for sure, definitely don't want to do anything to exclude league members. But I will, I think, I think that, uh, I think it'd be awesome. Yeah, I think it'd be fun. Um, and I'm, I'm always up for throwing a, a few more wrinkles in these types of things. Like, I think it'd be fun to get everybody to do a best ball draft because with those, you don't have to make waiver wire decisions. There's no, start sit decisions you just draft and mm-hmm. see what happens at the end um so i think that would be fun i've thrown out the idea of having a feeder league where um you know we get 12 people who would be interested in joining the league if there were that'd be amazing to Relegation, be baby to open up and have that league be one of these really fun types of formats like a vampire league or an eliminator league, things like that. Um, and I can, maybe that can be a micropod episode. I can talk about some of these fun formats in like a 10 minute pod. That sounds great. Um, but yeah, I mean, basically that's, that's my role in things. If people are excited about something, I'm the type of person who's just like, yeah, let's do it. I'm in. And you know, sometimes people get mad at me that I'm not more enthusiastic enthusiastic about certain ideas. Um, but you know, sometimes 
it's something that people really appreciate as well is that kind of regardless of what's being thrown out there if people are excited about it yeah man heck yeah cool next segment um kind of touching on that just want to talk about your team and kind of your approach to this season Uh, you had you had a michael thomas injury that's that's your first round pick and he just wasn't really there for a lot of the year michael gallup another guy um you know looks good with dak and then dak goes down that completely changes his value but still you know looking at yahoo you've only made nine moves which is only behind steven um but you've only made nine moves on the waiver wire um so despite the injuries and and some of these guys not hitting you know you never really hit the panic button um until making a big move with travis yeah i i left draft night feeling great um josh jacob so obviously michael thomas this like stalwart bedrock like crushed it last year um i felt like he was a great kind of building block uh to build on um then i love josh jacobs this like up and coming running back um and then i just felt like i hit on key positions kyler has clearly uh been a great pick um Mark Andrews has been hit or miss, um, but I was still thrilled to get him at the time. And so... Yeah, it started off so hot. Yeah. I'll tell you, Gallup, the, the, what I'll remember for drafts um, in the future is to never pick a player that I don't actually know that well. And he was one of those guys where everyone's saying, Gallup, 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 Gallup. And... So I picked him on both my teams, and he has sucked. Um, you know, you you talked about uh, pre-Dak. I forget when Dak went down. Other than one amazing game in week three where he had nine targets, six receptions, 138 yards, and a touchdown, he's not eclipsed 10 points once. He's eclipsed nine points twice. I mean, he's averaging, uh, when it's all said and done, um, gosh, I mean, he had zero points one week. And so uh, he has uh, been very disappointing to me. And um, yeah, I, I started, I feel like I totally fleeced uh, Travis in that trade. Uh, it'll it'll re- remain to be seen. Um, but Man, once I started to hear not only the injury stuff about Michael Thomas, but these like suspended from practice. Um, and I haven't gotten to watch a ton of football this year, but just watching Breeze, seeing their dependence on Kamara, knowing that Breeze has lost a step a little bit. Um, I just did not feel great about Thomas coming back and suddenly being this uh, re-energizer that I needed him to be. And so putting him on the market um, was, and the unknown possibility of that uh, for 11 other people was encouraging. And I actually began to make some trade offers to people and put it out to Travis um, to pick up Kenyon Drake uh, and also pick up, I did not realize he was splitting time with Chase Edmonds at the time, um, but still, I think it was a great pick. Um, I threw in James White. I got back Cheetah, and Cheetah's been crushing it for me. Um, yeah. th- there was like a bye week discrepancy, but since I've owned him, uh, he's had a 23-point game, a 28-point game, um, back-to-back double touchdown games. I don't know if I had him at Denver. I don't think I did, but even then, he was at 14 and a half. So, um, interesting trade. And I was actually kind of surprised when Travis accepted, uh, but I'm grateful for it and glad to not be in last place. Do you wish that you had made a move like two weeks earlier? Because you're going to lose a heartbreaker to Caleb 
this week, you'll you'll probably end up with the second highest score in the league. Would have beat anybody else. Yep. Um, which would have put you on a three game win streak. Totally. And, totally. You know, some of these other teams are kind of fading down the stretch. Um, you know, you make that move two weeks earlier. You know, maybe you're on the playoff bubble. What are What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I I think so. Um, I think certainly that would um, would have benefited me to be just a little bit more active a little bit sooner. Um, I mean, I'm just going back from my weeks right here. Let's see. I mean, I had an eight-point loss to you, the Fresh Prince of Hell Air. Um, would have been awesome. So I had Tyreek that week. So let's see here. Um, yeah. Had you not made that trade... That was Michael Gallup's zero point week. Who you would have had to start. <laughs> I think James White had like one point that week. Yeah, yeah. Like I was tilting so hard because <laughs> you made me work for it. Yeah. Um. I mean, you caught me on a Josh Jacobs buy. Uh. So and you had a Will Fuller monster game. Um. Yeah, so I, I think certainly I probably could have uh, made the move. I mean, I lost by less than five to Robert. Um, gosh, I mean, I'm 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 like close in all these games. I will say, Robbie Anderson, both leagues picked him up. Huge. Love it, love it. Um, and props to him. I think it's like, you know, folks question like, is DeAndre Hopkins going to be good in Arizona? I think it's a testament of a of a real talent when, regardless of the situation, he just goes and produces. And um, just like Hopkins has done in Arizona, I think Anderson has done with Carolina, um, and that's been super impressive. Yeah, another person who left Adam Gase as a coach and flourished elsewhere. So Totally. Love to see it. Okay, I know you got a hard stop coming up here. Indeed. Uh, two two things I want to hit before the end here. Yes. Um, one, the real story behind why you didn't change your team name when Matt, um, you know, beat you by more than fifty and you didn't score a hundred. You know, it might have we might have just been fresh off uh, a weekly golfing match with Matt. And, um, yeah, I just, uh, I, I didn't want, you know, he, he, he like popped up in my, he may have even summoned me. Um, but he maybe even like directly texted me and was like, Hey bro, time to change that name. Mm-hmm. And he was just doing it in just a little bit of a trolling way. And I felt like I needed to take a stand on behalf of the rest of the league and say no more. Yeah. And so that's what I did. But I also recognized it was a little bit dishonorable. Um, so I felt a little bit torn. Uh, but I also feel like my, um, you know, I didn't get a letter from the commissioner. Um, so by for all intents and purposes to me, that, uh, that signaled that I was okay in his eyes. And even when I kind of shared some of my thoughts in the group me, uh, people seem to they seem to really resonate. So, um, yeah, I felt pretty good about that move. Yeah, it's an it's an interesting one because you know, hearkening back to your days of holding the commissioner to account and mm. airing grievances, there, I I think you have a little bit of this protester persona to you that that people know expect and love and appreciate that i think sumner actually got renamed the same week um and also did not change his name <laughs> uh, so you say i started a revolution a, a little bit and you know connecting these dots going back to the draft who were the two people that were not on the zoom for most of the night it was you and sumner mm. um so yeah I don't know. I'll let people draw their own conclusions, but I 
you know, I just love the drama because that gives me things to talk about on the pod. For sure. Um, I love it. So thanks for uh, giving us the inside details of that story. No doubt. And then, you know what we haven't had on the pod for way too long? What's that? A live read of a motherload commercial. Ooh. You got anything for us? I was hoping that you could kind of help me. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, who's my target audience um, in any particular cell that you think I should make? Yeah, so the audience that you're looking at, uh, given to us um, from our, our platform, which is... 30 people. Escaping me at this point in time. Uh, what do we what do we push this through? I'm completely blanking on the name of Zencaster. No, we're recording on Zencaster, but mm. um, I, I know what you're talking about. It's the podcast. Yeah, we posted. Yeah. It. it was bought by Spotify. Mm. Um, thanks, thanks, yeah, Caleb. Thanks, Spotify. Uh, so they do give us some demographic details. And what I can tell you is that 96% of our estimated audience is male. The other 4% is non-binary. And over 90% of our demographic is in the 18 to 34 range. Mm. And the rest is in like 34 to 54. Interesting. Yeah. So that's, that's who you're reaching. 96 male. 4% 4% non-binary. Yeah. All right. Let me give this a go. Hey, it's Trey from the Motherload. Listen, I know you've got a lot of time to spend on your fantasy team. Maybe you're like me. Caught a tough break this week. Mark Andrews left you down. Um, and you're already plotting for how you're going to bounce back in the loser bracket playoffs. Perhaps you're you're already working on your strategy for next season. Um, But in order to do those things, you need time. You need time to go golfing with Maddie McNichol. Uh, You need time to uh, help deliver your wife's baby uh, if you're Sean Greer. Um, You know, COVID has afforded us a lot of time at home. um, And the laundry piles up. We all know this well. It's over in the corner staring at you. Uh, It's sitting wet in your washer. Uh, for three days in a row because you forgot to move it over. Maybe you've got a bad roommate. Maybe your name is Matt McNichol. Who knows? Um, But the mother load is here for you. Uh, We will come and pick up your clothes uh, around 8 a.m., have it back to you the next day, and we'll follow all the instructions that you need. And uh, we'd love to take care of you or your family. That segment was brought to you by the Motherload. Thank you, Trey. Thank you, Jamie. Last thing here. Um, you teased the beginning of a quote in the group meet the other day mm. to all the non-believers. To all the non-believers. And you put $5 out there for I did. anybody who could finish that without cheating. I don't think anybody took you up I on that. I was so disappointed. I know. Uh, so... The rest of that quote goes, to all the non-believers, I'm talking to you, Tom Jackson. You too, Keyshawn. Talking about us like we ain't the 25th second. (laughs) My wife is giving me the watch. Anyway, it's okay. Um, That would be Bart Scott in the famous Can't Wait speech. I highly recommend it. I'll uh, uh, send it out in the group me. Um, he talks about how, how the Patriots defense can't stop a nosebleed. It's fantastic. I, I can't picture it off the top of my head. Um, it's great. It's up there I with the like ice I'll, up sun. Yeah, I feel like I'll remember it after I watch it, but can't place it right now. For sure. Uh, before we go, Jamie, yep. we overlooked the bear update segment. We did. You touched uh, on it a little bit in the personal section. I did. I just have one final multiple choice question for you. 
Okay, hit me. Has bear? Which of the following has bear swallowed? A piece of underwear, a sock, two socks, a shoelace, or E, all of the above. I'm going all the above. You are correct. Nice work. It's, I, my favorite part of that was the the one sock, two sock. Mm. I was like, all right. oh, yeah. he, Here's he another one. Didn't, didn't learn his lesson. Uh, joys of having a puppy. Did bear Does Bear A like to rest his head on the toilet seat while I'm taking a dump? B, does he like to take a dump on the freshly steamed Stanley Steamer carpet directly uh, after uh, or right before my parents are about to come visit? Or C, does he like to diarrhea twice early on in his home in our time uh, during the night uh, and almost make his dad cry? Or is it D, all of the above? You know, I'm just going to stick with it. I'm going all of the above again. You, you are right. Okay, last one, last one. Grossest thing I've seen on a walk, a used ketchup packet, an unopen, unopened condom packet, a crushed bag of Burger King, or a soiled diaper. Or E, all of the above. Yeah, I, I can't deviate now. We're going E, all the above. You, you're a good man, Jamie. Just try to identify patterns where possible on the fantasy mm. football field and in multiple choice questions. Nice. All right, that's all the time I have for today. Wow. Thanks so much. Oh, before you leave... Did, did you listen to the pod where I introduced the light slander section? No, I did not. Are you aware of the rumors that I circulated about you in an attempt to get you on the pod? No. Okay, that's good. That's, that's probably good but for I'll, me. I'll go back and listen to them. Love it. Well, Trey, thanks so much for coming on. All right. This was a blast. Seth is going to love this. I'm so excited. I love Seth. Yeah, and to everyone else, go fall on a well. All right, go fall on a well.